Hello everyone and welcome to Years of Wonder, a father and sons, a son and fathers, Wonder Years fan diary. I'm your host BJ Hollers. And I'm your host Henry Hollers. And we're thrilled to bring you our inaugural episode. So our show's pretty simple. Each week we'll watch an episode of The Wonder Years, beginning today with episode one and moving forward. And then after watching, we'll discuss that episode while reflecting on our own lives. What we can learn about life, death, and growing up by way of Kevin Arnold, his parents, Jack and Norma, Kevin's siblings, Wayne and Karen, and of course, best friend, Paul Pfeiffer, and love interest, Winnie Cooper. So Henry, we're just delving in. I know you've watched a few episodes in the past. Tell yeah. me a bit about your, your watching experience. What do you like about this show? Um, that it's about this kid and he is all, there's always something wrong. Yeah, there's always a problem he has to kind of get through, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So what's made it interesting for me is that when I first started watching this show, uh, not during the original run, I think it ran from 1988 to 1993, but about a decade later, I watched it on Nick at Night. And back then, I was watching it mostly for the kids. I was really interested in Kevin Arnold and those stories because I was a kid. Um, but today, when I watch it with you, I'm most interested in the parents. I'm very interested in Jack Arnold, how a father responds to these sorts of uh, mishaps in daily life. I just like when the dad is always like, I, I wonder why he's always so mad. Yeah, he's pretty grumpy Gus, huh? Yeah, I'm sometimes that way, but you know. Yeah, you are him. Well, I hope not, but in some ways, perhaps, in some ways. So today we're discussing episode one, The Pilot, written by Neil Marlins and Carol Black. The logline, courtesy of IMDb, says simply, In 1968, friends Kevin Arnold, Paul Pfeiffer, and Winnie Cooper attend the newly renamed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. High for the first time. Uh, its original air date was January 31st, 1988, and it got some prime real estate, Henry. It was aired directly following Super Bowl twenty-two. You Wow, you know a lot about football. I love football. Well, okay. Well, good to know. I don't love it. I like it. You like it. All right. Okay. Well, do you know who won that game? Um, the Broncos? Close. The Broncos lost, but good job um, remembering. The Redskins beat the Broncos 42-10. to Chubby Checker and the Rockettes were the halftime show, and then directly following that blowout, uh, the aired, ABC aired the first episode of The Wonder Years. Um, which we just we just watched last night and then once more this morning. To begin, can you give us a summary of what episode one was all about? Um, so it was his first day of school and at the like so he throws an apple because he was like, what would Brian Cooper do? Yes. And that's interesting that you remember Brian Cooper in that moment more than anything else in the episode. Who is Brian Cooper? Winnie, Winnie Cooper's brother. Right. There's something else you really want to say now, but don't say it. Don't spoiler uh, alert for the people. Don't say it. Um, so let's back up then and talk about what happened early in the episode. So uh, the first the first lines we get is the voiceover, and it says, 1968, I was 12 years old. A lot happened that year. And he goes on to describe kind of a, a baseball player who won 31 games, um, some, some new songs that were out, and then he ends the narration with, and I graduated from Hillcrest Elementary and entered junior high school. Yeah. That's a pretty big adjustment for him, huh? Tell me about your first day of junior high. I didn't start that. <laughs> well, tell me about your first day of like kindergarten or first grade. Um... 
they all seem so nice, but really they aren't. They're Who? just the teachers. Okay, so teachers act like they're really nice. And then, and then on like the second and third days of school, they become mean. Okay, well, um, and in this episode, Kevin kind of has a hard first day too, right? Yeah. Like everything that could go wrong does go wrong. One more thing about the opening that I thought was pretty cool is, you know, Kevin's talking about the big transition year, and on the screen we see this montage of images, and a lot of those images you probably didn't know anything about. Uh, do you know anything about President Nixon? Nope. Okay. Well, he's the first person we see in the entire show after the credits. What else you want to say? Um, I saw, like, I think I saw Martin Luther King. Yes, you see him twice, in fact. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and what's really sad is there's a quick, quick moment right in that early montage where we also see um, his wife um, crying at, at his funeral. Oh, yeah, I saw that part this morning. Right. Do you remember any other kind of um, people from that little montage? Anyone you recognized? Nope, just Martin Luther King. Okay. Well, there's another famous person in there uh, named Robert F. Kennedy who was running for president um, and who was assassinated. Oh, yeah. He got killed. Yeah. And so do you remember later in the episode where he's going to school what the name of his school is? Oh, yeah, it's the name of that man. Yep, it's named Robert F. Kennedy. He says that they were renaming the school Robert F. Kennedy like a lot of schools were. And that was really powerful for me because 1968 was a very tumultuous year in America um, with, with various people who were killed, um, including uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and uh -huh. Robert F. Kennedy and so that they were both there in that opening montage, I thought was pretty powerful. I mean, you, you don't know why Robert F. Kennedy got killed, but you do know why Martin Luther King got killed, and it's not fair. Why did Martin Luther King get killed, do you think? Because he was like, black people should have the same rights as white people. Yeah. And I think, and I agree with him, like, people can't just kill someone because they say, one single line. Right, and it's an important, it's an important line, right? And something yeah. we both agree with for sure. Um, yeah, and Robert F. Kennedy too. He was saying things that made people uncomfortable, and he was uh, supporting civil rights, especially at that moment. Maybe not historically in every situation, but certainly when he was running for president. Um, this is beyond the TV show, but I used to play this clip for class. It gets me teary-eyed every time I think about it. But the night Dr. King was killed. Um, Robert F. Kennedy was in Indiana. He was in Indianapolis. He was going to give a big speech to a crowd, um, and he heard about Dr. King's death when he was on his way there, and he had to tell this crowd of people um, that tonight Dr. King has been shot and killed. And when you listen to that clip, you just hear the crowd screaming, and it is very emotional um, because they're all hearing about it for the first time. And, and um, Robert F. Kennedy quotes um, some poets and tries to give comfort and then, of course, just a few months later, he himself would be dead. Mm -hmm. So this is the backdrop in which this show was set. A lot of difficulties in America. In that same montage, we get bombs being dropped over Vietnam. Do you know what Vietnam is? Um, it was another. It's another country. Yep, it's a country, and we were at war with them for a while in the oh, 1960s and, the, and 70s. And the president who sent it, his first job was at an ice cream place that we went to. 
Oh, you're thinking of Harry Truman when we went to Independence. Oh. But that's close. Yeah, Harry Truman, um, he also, actually dropped a different bomb. Yeah. yeah, but it was humongous because he thought it would stop the war quicker. Yeah, wow. You are, you are very insightful. You've been hanging out with your daddy a lot, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so uh, let's kind of move on from there and think about other moments in this show. Um, he talks about suburbia. He talks about uh, there's no pretty way to put this. I grew up in the suburbs. Do you know what yeah. the suburbs are? Not really. Okay, it's kind That's of... That's what I kind of wanted to learn. Okay. What the it, suburbs were. Yeah, it's kind of like um, houses that aren't quite in the city and aren't quite in the country. So in some ways, we sort of live in the suburbs. We're kind of in the city too. But it's kind of these neighborhoods that are sort of between those pockets. Um, and so what Kevin says in the voiceover, uh, or what Daniel Stern says on Kevin's behalf is... I guess most people think of the suburbs as a place with all the disadvantages of the city and none of the advantages of the country, and vice versa. So yeah. sometimes people kind of look down on the suburbs and people think nothing really happens there. It's just kind of it all the does. same. Yeah, and things They kind of live there. Yeah. We kind of live in the suburbs and a lot of things happen. Yeah, things happen everywhere, right? And everyone's got a story. Um, and we learn that at the, at the end of the episode for sure. Okay, so... Um, there's an opening scene, right? Yeah. And, um, we see Brian Cooper for the first time. What is the first thing Brian Cooper does in the whole episode? Do you Um, remember what he does? He says, knock it off, Wayne, or I'll do the same to you. Wow. Wayne was trying to punch his brother. That is exactly it. Yeah, so Wayne, the big brother, is beating up Kevin, um, and it's happening right there in the street, and Brian uh, is looking super cool, right? He's got that black shirt on, he's smoking a cigarette, which isn't cool, but that was a different time. Um, And he's got his lighter, and he kind of flicks it against his jean and lights his cigarette. He was working on his car, right? A 59 El Camino, which was always on blocks. It never ran, Kevin says. But but Brian looked really cool. He was kind of like the king of the neighborhood. Yeah, the king of all the kids in the neighborhood. Right. And what's really cool about this scene, I didn't think about it when I was your age or when I was a little older watching it, but the first thing he does is to try to stop the violence, right? He's yeah. the pacifist. The first thing he does is say, you need to stop, Wayne. And well, that's... The right. So he wasn't really a pacifist, I guess, but he was trying to stop the fight. And why is that kind of ironic, do you think? Think about kind of down the road, what's going to happen? Where is he going to have to go? Where does Brian have to go? He's going to have to go to Right. So the guy who wants to stop the fighting has to go to war, right? And that kind of says a lot about the Vietnam War. There was something called the draft where people had to go to war if their number came up. You didn't really have much of a choice. They just had to go. Wait, even if they weren't, like, even if they weren't, like, had that job? Right. Like today, like, you enlist in the military. You kind of sign up, but... Back then, if you were a certain age, and if your number was drawn, then you you had to go. That's not fair. Yeah, it was a really different uh, moment and um, very scary. So I almost wondered, um, you know, I'm not sure if the episode says if Brian Cooper volunteered or if he signed up, um, but I think it just said he was shipped to Vietnam. And if that is the language, it kind of implies that his number came up. He was shipped. You know, he didn't perhaps have a lot of choice in the matter. So, okay, uh, we get introduced to a lot of characters in this episode, right? We see Paul. Tell me a bit about Paul. Paul is um, 
Kevin's best friend, and he's allergic to everything. <laughs> yeah, and so there's that opening scene where Wayne's beating him up, and Paul's trying to help Kevin out, and Wayne says, sorry, this is a family matter, right? Yeah. He's like, get off, Wayne. And, he's, and then when he gets home, he's uh, Kevin's like, can Paul come for dinner? And then she says... She says yes, and then he says, what are we having? And she says, meatloaf. <laughs> then she's like, nope, allergic. <laughs> and then and then he says, what else? And he says, Sad- salad, and then he nods. And says, <laughs> yeah, no. Paul's allergic to everything. And then the next shot, you see him at the table, and what is he eating? Do you remember? A sandwich. Not even that, just two pieces of white bread. Yeah. <laughs> sitting there. So we get to know Paul. He's kind of goofy. He's a, he's loyal to his friend Kevin. He tries to help him out when his brother's beating him up, but he's allergic to everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then we see we see he's Wayne. Be yeah. And then we see Wayne. Of course, is kind of the uh, the older brother who's a big jerk to Kevin, right? Yeah. And we see Karen. Do you remember Karen? What do you remember about Karen, the older sister? She. She's always doing stuff that the dad hates. Yeah. Like whenever she's like, I think you I think you should know I'm getting these kind of pills. And then the dad's like. Yeah, and he bangs his head on the tables. Yeah. Um, birth control pills. And we'll talk about that in a later episode maybe, but not today. So it made the dad really upset, right? And we're going to see a lot more of this as we watch more episodes, kind of the relationship between the parents and the kids. And um, it's complicated sometimes. He throws the apple. He, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But sometimes relationships between um, parents and kids is complicated, you think? Mm-hmm. Can you say anything else about that? Um, no, but all I know is that it happens to me a lot. What do you mean by that? How does it happen to you? Um, I don't know, but you do it to me. Mm. Whenever, I, whenever I'm like doing a puzzle and you want me to come outside... You're like, Henry! And I'm like, no, I want to do a puzzle. So sometimes we fight? Yes. Yeah. All the time. Well, not all the time, but those were the wonder years, huh? At least we're together to fight about what we want to do together. That's not the worst. Okay, so um, let's talk about the dad, Jack. How is he? Bad. Ah, not about bad. He's pretty grumpy, we talked about. Yeah, he bangs his hands on the table whenever he gets really mad. What, remember Norma, the mom? What's the first thing Norma says to Jack? Do you remember when he walks in the door? How's... Work. Traffic. Yeah. How's the traffic? Do you remember what he says? No. Traffic's traffic. And he just kind of keeps walking. You know, he doesn't even look over to see his kids at the table. He just keeps his briefcase on it in one hand and kind of slings his jacket over his shoulder and just keeps on walking. And Kevin says, Dad had a sparkling way with words. Something like that, right? Yeah. Which is funny. Okay, so well, we, we continue on in the episode. Nobody does say hi to Paul. He does, right? And that yeah. was sort of a way, I think, to help us understand he's not a bad guy. He's nice to his fr- the Kevin's friend, at least. Yeah, but not nice to Kevin. Right. So, um, it's the last night of summer, and they're about to go to school. Do you remember anything about that last night of summer? Oh. What? It's inappropriate. It is, yes. They look at a, they look at, like, a book, and they're like, and they... And it's a, like pictures of girls naked. Right. It's um. It's Paul and Kevin in his bedroom looking at uh, Kevin's sister's book 
kind of like a health book about how our bodies change and all that. So that was a little awkward to watch with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same page. We're on the same page. Good. Um, so then we get to the bus stop the next morning. Mm-hmm. And they see this beautiful girl coming down the street. And like, who is that? They're like, it's a new girl. And then, and then when she comes up, like, Winnie Cooper. And then she says, Gwendolyn. My real name is Gwendolyn. Yeah, so they're kind of reinventing themselves, right? Yeah. And we saw that previously because in the previous shot, Kevin's wearing like a very different kind of outfit than we've ever seen him wear before. He's wearing kind of bell bottoms and kind of this like bubbly sheen shirt. And that was not kind of the clothes he was wearing in any other moment in the show so far. Yeah. So it seems like everyone's going off to a brand new junior high. They're trying to be cool. They're trying to fit in and be different. Um, And they're growing up too. Yeah, like when he, Gwendolyn Cooper mm-hmm. yep. t- doesn't have glasses anymore. She has glasses in like all the front scenes in the very beginning when they're like singing that song in the yep. beginning. Yep. She has glasses. Yep. So really the f- weird glasses. The first time we see them, when Kevin misses that football, they both look so young, right? And, and yeah. Winnie looks just kind of like a very little girl. But then we see her, you know, 10 minutes later. Um, which is more passage of time in the show, but 10 minutes in showtime, and she's very different. And Kevin's sort of like, his heart starts racing, and he kind of see that first glimpse of love, right? Yeah, and he just... And when he sees it, he he doesn't even know who it is. Right. He's right. like, oh, it's a new kid, it's a new kid. Right. Except, and then, like, Winnie Cooper! And so... Throughout the episode, we see all these examples of, of the day just not going well for Kevin. Oh, yeah. Like the part in gym class. Mm-hmm. Where, like, this is not gym class. And he's, like, talking about body stuff. Yeah, and jock straps. Do you know what a jock strap is? No. We'll get to that later. Um, And so that was awkward for him. Yeah, um, he was like, if this is, he was like, talking like well she wasn't actually talking it was like that guy who narrated it uh-huh um he was like well my dad's gone bad so far but if this was gym class i would be busted <laughs> right and there's the problem at the lockers remember the problems at the lockers oh yeah what happened i don't want to do it you do it you say it there's a kind of a mean kid whose name is charles manson do you know who charles manson is he was a real bad guy he was a real bad guy so they named this kid charles manson maybe they were using it as a no, I don't know. I'm trying to think of 68, if that would mean they even knew when Charles Manson did his bad things or not. We'll look into it. Um, but and there's maybe, that. And maybe they made Charles Manson, like, that when he grows up, that's, that he does more. He does Oh, like that was like bad. a younger version of Charles Manson? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, and, Probably. And what does Charles want from from Kevin? Um, his locker. Why? So he can throw a knife and something else in it. I didn't see what the other thing is, but it was in a bag. It was drugs. Oh, my God. I know. It was terrible. He put a knife and drugs in Kevin's locker, and Kevin couldn't do anything about it. So he's off to a really bad start of the yeah, first he, day. He, so the narrator is like, maybe I can try to trick him. But <laughs> it didn't. he's like, because mm, he almost tricked him. He was like, you! You. Right. Because he was like, because he almost got tricked. Right. Like who's, if I, if, because he says, if, you know, if anyone turns me in, I'll know who did it. 
and Kevin said, who? And he had to think about it. And then he was like, oh, you. Yep. So um, everything's going wrong. Then they get to the classroom and the teacher says, you're Wayne's brother, aren't you? Yeah. And she was not happy about that. No, she was happy. No, she wasn't. Oh. She was not happy because Wayne is probably a pretty bad student. And so she thinks that Kevin's going to be a bad student too. And then we get to the lunchroom. And this is one of the, my favorite parts of the whole episode, you know, because tell me about your experience in lunchrooms. Is it awkward sometimes to find where you're going to sit? Yeah, because like there's a bunch of kids, sometimes you don't really want to sit by them, but you can't say that because it would be mean. Right. And, and they're just like, you can't say no because that would be mean. But also, is it weird sometimes like when there's no seats or you don't know where to sit? Yeah, like me and Landon are always like looking like... This is the hardest spot to find seats. If you if you get one seat wrong, you're probably gonna be made. F- people are gonna make fun of you for the rest of the year if you find a bad seat. What do you mean by a bad seat? Like by a bunch of people who try to make fun of you. Okay, so like people who other people yeah, aren't like, friends with or something. Um. Yeah. Like Audrey in my class. Yeah. Audrey and her friends always make fun of me and Landon. Yeah, but you guys are all friends. You kind of goof around with each other. It's not like you really make fun of each other. Yeah. So so that's okay. But but it's tricky, right? It's like you have to navigate these many social circles. Where do you fit in? And lunchroom is sort of the perfect epitome of where trying to find where you fit in. (laughs) Yeah, like in all the movies that are about school, like Diary of Wompy Kid, Mm -hmm. Wonder Years, the like... The lunchroom, <laughs> finally, something that no, he didn't, that Kevin didn't think he could mess up. Right, he, he thought did. he thought he could figure out lunch, but it was tricky. Yeah. There's a really cool line in the episode where Kevin's voiceover says, In effect, in junior high school, who you are is defined less by who you are than by who's the person sitting, sitting next to you. And then he shows Paul, like, eating his spaghetti, like... <laughs> <laughs> And he says, Paul, try to act like you're having a good time or something, right? Yeah, like, Paul, act like you're laughing. Right. So let's go back to that big moment, right? Kevin throws the apple right in the principal's face. He chucks it, the principal looking on. It goes across the room. A a girl screams, right? It makes a big clattering (gasps) sound. Why did he do it? Why did he do that? Because that's what Brian Cooper would do. He would just well, throw the apple. Yeah, but like I think what what made him want to um, to wa- do something like that? He wanted to end up in his life being like Brian Cooper. Okay, he thought, you know, he, I look up to this guy. This is maybe a way to make a name for myself here, right? To be the cool guy in this big new school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they go to the principal's office and his mom's there and the principal asks, why did you do this? You know, and in his voiceover, he says, I want to tell him that, you know, my brother made me mad. He embarrassed me in front of everyone, um, that, you know, the principal was being a jerk to him, um, that he saw Winnie, uh, who was watching on in the pink fishnets with her go-go boots. Um, and so he's had a lot. They're, go-go boots. they're kind of these high boots that people wore and wear. So a lot is swirling yeah, like in Kevin's mind. Half of the girls in my class wear them. They wear go-go boots? I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe they were really tall boots. Maybe you're thinking snow boots. 
No. No? Oh, okay. They're really tall boots that they wear inside of the classroom that they don't take off in the coat room. Oh, they don't take them off in the coat room. Well, maybe, maybe. I guess what I'm at, I want, I want to know from you, though, is like, do you sometimes do things you don't quite know why you do them? It just, you yeah. kind of do them? Like, why or what? I don't know. I just get really mad. You get mad, so you just act a certain way? Yeah, and then it ends up really badly. Okay. Kind of like just you're acting just kind of without thinking? Yeah. Okay. Does anything come to mind? Yes, but I don't want to say. I don't want to mention it. Okay, okay. But there are moments in your life where maybe you do yes. a bad thing and you don't mean to, but you just you have a lot of feelings all at once. Yeah. I get mad and sad at the same time. If you get mad and sad at the same time, then it causes you to kind of do something you don't expect? Yeah. Yep. It ends up really badly. I feel you, man. Wow, that was really insightful. And I think Kevin was feeling both of those things too. And then in the, in the principal's office, you, you cut to a moment and you see that his dad is there too. And his dad is not looking happy, right? Yeah. Um, and his dad's like, I'm, I'm ready to take Kevin home. And then there's the voiceover. And Kevin says, you know, his dad never struck him, but he, he'd hit Wayne before. Um, and then he said to himself, but maybe I deserved it. Parents hitting kids would probably... they probably have to go to jail yeah. unless they deserved it there's no hitting kids period um yeah and but so back then it wasn't fair well back then it might have happened a little more than it happens today but it definitely it still happens today but um yeah it's not right right mm-hmm. so you get home and the kids should have the same rights as parents and you don't and you don't think that because you think kids have to listen to their parents well, I do think kids should listen to their parents, but you know what else I think? What? Parents should listen to their kids. And sometimes we don't do yeah, a great like job of that. Yeah, like in Mary Poppins, the dad doesn't listen to their kids' applications for the new nanny. Right. And you know what? They were pretty right, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So. And they got what they wanted. <laughs> exactly. So this is, I think, the most dramatic part of the episode, and it's the part you've been wanting to talk about the whole time, right? Because everyone is so mad at Kevin. His mom and dad are really mad. Kevin's expecting to get in big trouble. And then Wayne and Karen step out onto the porch. And what happens? They say Brian Cooper just got killed in war. Yeah. How did that make, finally, I got to say. How did that make you feel when you heard that? I was like, the people at home can't see what your face looks like. What What was that? What do you mean if you were going to talk about what you just did? My mouth would, like, fall open. Yeah, if, if I was Kevin, this is what I would do. My mouth would open so wide. Right. Your jaw just dropped is what we call that, right? Yeah. Because you're shocked. Because you didn't expect that to happen, right? Yeah. Because he's the cool kid. He can do anything. Yeah. But And then... It just goes to show how quickly life can change, right? Oh, and then he goes to the big climbing tree in the woods yeah and we'll get to that but let's not get to it quite yet because i want to talk about one more thing about this this scene um what's what's we talked about last night before bed you remember how kevin thinks he's having the worst day of his life yeah but what does he learn winnie is having the worst day of her life and it's way worse right because sometimes like in our own lives we think oh everything stinks i'm so mad because i had to deal with this little thing or that little thing but then you take a step back, and what do you realize? Someone else is having a way worse day than this. Yeah. So there's a, a quote from uh, Robert Frost, who is a... I don't know. Poet or astronaut? Poet? Yes, he nailed it. And he's got this quote I've been thinking about. He, he wrote, 
The afternoon knows what the morning never suspected. Do you know what that means? Yeah, so in the morning, you think you're going to have a really good day or a really bad day, and then you end up thinking, I did have a really bad day, but this person had a way worse day than me. Yeah, there's some of that. And it's just the idea of what you said at the beginning, you know, how maybe you wake up and you think, oh, today's going to be terrible, but then maybe something awesome happens. Or the other way to think about it, maybe you think, I'm going to have a great day today. And then something terrible happens. And just think of Winnie Cooper the first and time. Think, and you think it's going to be a bad day. And it is a bad day. But then someone else has a worse day. Yeah. Because <laughs> when we first see Winnie walking to that bus station, you know, to that bus stop, yes. she looks like she's going to have a really good day. Right? She yeah. seems very happy. But what she doesn't even know yet is that her brother will be dead by the end of that day. But I feel like she kind of knew because she... But that couldn't have been true because she wasn't dead yet, but... It's it tricky. Feels like, it feels like she already knew because she wasn't all... She was, like, trying to hide something. And what makes you think she was trying to hide something? She was always a little shy, like she was hiding something. Oh, I think she was just shy. That's just kind of how she acts. But, um, but, yeah, that was really a powerful moment. And so Kevin hears about this, and his dad does lay a, lay a hand on him. But it's not like he hurts him, right? He just puts his hand on his shoulder like this. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember at the end because Kevin is like his jaw drops, just like your jaw dropped. And you see Jack just put his hand on his son's shoulder. And then Kevin looks at his dad like, what do I do now? And he's like, go. Go to the woods and go climb the tree and think about it. Right, right. And this is the second time we hear about this woods, right? Yeah, because in the very beginning he says... I haven't, me and Winnie Cooper catch, used to catch fireflies in these woods, but but we haven't played with each other since we were nine. Right, so Harper's Woods, and it's like this yeah. little wooded area in the neighborhood, and he says, you know, I, I almost felt like years later I knew she was going to be there. And we go there, and sure enough, there she is, kind of sitting by that tree. Yeah. Do you remember the lighting in that in that moment when you first see her? Yeah, it looks like it's, like, really, like, light out. It gets darker and darker, and then it turns, like, really dark. Yeah, and she's almost like when you first see her, there's, like, this, like, glowing, like, angelic light right on her. Yeah. And then right to the right of her on the tree, you see these little steps nailed to the tree, kind of like a treehouse was there. Yeah, it was like a treehouse. So that's probably why they call it the climbing tree, except... In my front yard, I have a climbing tree, and it's not like one of those ones that have bars. Right, Daddy has not quite done a very good job with our treehouse yet, but there's still time. Um, But it was cool to have that moment there because treehouse kind of symbolizes being a kid, right? Yeah. But that moment in time when he had to grow up pretty fast, right? Yeah. And then what happens, he says he's sorry about about Brian, but he's also sorry about what he said earlier that day at school. Yeah, because she had a really bad day. And he said that he didn't like her when Wayne was teasing him about liking her. Yeah. But really, he does like her, right? He loves her. And how do we know that? Because at the very end, they they just start kissing. Yeah. <laughs> first kiss. And for a whole show, which is going to kind of recount their relationship... That was their first kiss, and what a strange first kiss, you and know? Then they, and then they start hating each other again, and then liking each other again, right. and then hating each other right. again. That's what keeps it going for six liking. seasons, right? 
67 seasons. What I like about this show is that it's kind of always looking right at the cusp of like childhood and adulthood. Yeah. And he even says this is like the last time he was sort of like a, a real kid without worries. Yeah. And then everything changes. How do you feel like you are on your life in that front? Are you still a kid? Or are you on the edge of adulthood now? Or where are we here? I'm in the middle. You're in the middle? I try to stay cool, but I still sometimes play with my sister, which is new because I used to hate her, and I still hate her. But you, no, you don't hate her. I don't hate her. I like her now, but I still don't love her. Uh, I think you probably do. But you guys have a complicated relationship too, right? Yes. And so at the very end, we get the narrator one last time. Um, he talks about, you know... Um, that there's more to the suburbs than just those identical boxes and the Dodge parked out front and the white bread on the table and the TV set glowing blue. That every every house has a story. Every person has a story, yeah. right? Every person in every house has a story. And they're all valuable. They're all important. Mm -hmm. So any final takeaways that you learned from this episode? Not really. <laughs> really? Because we just talked about like 20. Remember the one about that Robert Frost quote? Yeah. Do you want to kind of say what that lesson was for you? No. No. Okay. You 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 think you're having a bad day, but yeah. you realize... Someone else is having a worse day. And maybe what we can do, if we're not having like our worst day ever, is try to be good to the people around us to help other people. Mm -hmm. I thought when you thought like people are supposed to learn something, I thought you meant like a math equation or no. something. More of a lesson. More of a lesson. I think all these episodes have kind of important lessons. All right. Well, thank you very much. Episode one is done. Congratulations, sir. It's been a pleasure. Maybe I'll see you next week. No, you'll see me for the rest of the day and the rest of your entire life. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Thanks again and for I'm listening. And I'm just going to live on your couch forever. Sounds great to me, too.